Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education and today we'll be in conversation with Sally Harper, founder of Gecko on the Move and expat teacher living in Italy, discussing homeschooling from a teacher's perspective and how we can help support education for all. I first met Sally, a fellow Aussie, at a teacher's conference in Malaysia six years ago. She's based in Italy and at the time I was based in Singapore. As you'll learn from our conversation, Sally is a passionate teacher, she has almost 30 years experience and she has a wonder lost. She's taught in many around the world, including Australia, UK, Italy, Thailand, Tanzania, Chad and so many more. She founded an awesome charity, Gecko on the Move, to train students and their teachers in underprivileged schools in far-flung places. Gecko on the Move focuses on maths, as she believes it's an international language. As if that's not enough, Sally co-founded a school in Thailand which focuses on children's well-being, creative and our favourite thing, learning through play. Sally, welcome. Can you tell our listeners about Gecko on the Move and how you founded this charity? It all started about five years ago when I was travelling in the Maldives. I went to visit a local school, being a teacher, I always call into local schools, and went into the classroom and asked if we could teach a lesson. And there were three teachers sitting up the back of the class doing nothing, so they're very happy to have us teach a lesson. We decided to teach maths, and we were going to do number bonds to 10, and we couldn't actually find 10 of anything in the classroom except pencils. So we taught the lesson. And then after we left, at this time we'd, we'd founded um, our own school in Phuket, Thailand, and we decided that once we left the school, why not start a charity and travel around the world teaching maths in underprivileged communities and school, but using manipulatives because so many schools don't have these manipulatives to teach maths. So not long after that, I went to a conference in Asia and met edX education told them of our idea and a partnership was born they were the suppliers of the manipulatives and we were the teachers and we started off in refugee camps in france and that really wasn't sustainable because after we left the project didn't continue and then from there we connected with uh, bandari school in tanzania another ngo and formed a partnership with them that was three years ago and we we go there every year and teach maths to the teachers and students Sally, thank you. It's an amazing charity and EDX have loved being part of it and we look forward to moving forward with you for new and exciting projects in 2020 and 2021. Fantastic. Um, I hope we all get out of lockdown so we can do it. Yeah, I think we're all feeling that at the moment. <laughs> Sally, as a, as a teacher and doing homeschooling in international school, parents are tearing their hair out with the expectations on homeschooling whilst working. What's the most important thing parents can help with as the homeschooling? I think at the moment for all of us, teachers and parents and students is definitely our mental health. I think keeping children calm as parents being supportive, not just doing the academics with your kids, but doing fun things with them. You know, learning is not always in the four walls of a classroom. There's so much more you can do outside a classroom. Um, you know, a little bit of advice, don't take your frustrations out on your class, on your child's classroom teacher. I think a lot of teachers <laughs> are feeling it as well at the moment. You know, we're human and this is not uh, the way that any of us really want to teach. You know, instead of criticising your teacher, maybe send them a word of thanks or ask them how they're getting on. You know, a kind word goes a long way. And I think, you know, one of the most important things is to, this is a great time to teach your kids how to deal with bad situations. You know, this is a reality. And this is, you know, they're going to probably go through things like this in the future and they need to know that, you know, this is a problem, but 
there is a solution and we will come out the other side. And they need to know that it will end and that they'll come out with that strength to survive. Um, showing your emotions to your child about how to deal with situations like this. And I really think, you know, it's a wonderful time to teach children compassion and kindness and resilience. So I think most importantly, like take all that pressure off. Don't add any more pressure onto your kids. Um, I know parents, you know, parents aren't teachers. Most parents aren't teachers. And the only experience they've got of education is when they went to school. So I understand for them, it's really hard to know what, what the right thing is to do and how, how to teach. But, you know, education has changed so much. You know, today we're looking at kids being more creative and learning skills. So I think mainly as well, setting routines for your kids, making sure your children get out of bed in the morning and try to keep a school day as much as possible. But having those breaks, of course, in between and giving your kids some time out. Sally, thank you for that. It is very important. And you're right. This is, you know, let's hope this doesn't happen twice in our lifetime. But however, you never know, this might be a great time to teach children resilience and how to survive and also kindness. Maybe the whole world will change. Um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about how there's cleaner air around with less pollution. And I think in India, there was they can actually drink out of some of the, the rivers, which they've never been able to for a long time. So it's quite an amazing thing that is happening around the world. Um, but isn't if focusing on the positives as well, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. With parents, also, Sally, with parents with multiple ages, what are the expectations as a teacher when homeschooling? So, you know, I've got a two-year-old and a nine-year-old. A friend of mine has a, a two, five, seven and a nine-year-old. So I think I'm probably a little bit luckier in that situation. Um, how do you deal with multiple ages and what's your expectations? You know, I didn't think of this until recently when I spoke to a friend of mine in um, Ireland who's a deputy head and she was, she was asking me how we were coping uh, with, uh, with resources in terms of screens and laptops for our kids. And I didn't think anything of it because, you know, I'm at the International School of Florence and, and we're a fee-paying school and most of our children have their own devices. But she was telling me she works at a public school in Ireland and some of the kids don't even have access to the internet or computers at home. So I think we've got to remember that for some families, this is a really, really difficult and challenging time. And especially, you know, if they've got one laptop and they're sharing it between the children and sharing it with the parents that probably have to work from home as well. So I think as teachers, um, we have to step back and be mindful of that. Um, I'm very lucky that the school that I'm in focuses very much on well-being just as much as academics during this time. Uh, so I think that's really important as well. And, I, you know, you use your older children to help teach the younger children. I think that works well. Uh, once again, not putting that pressure on the kids, looking at activities that the kids could do together maybe, like reading to each other, playing games, creating things. Um, once again, you know, education has changed so much. It's not all about academics and obtaining the correct answer is about creativity and this is a perfect time actually for children to develop self-management and time management skills which are skills that we all need in life and I always say it's great for children to delve into their passions as well maybe this is a great time for them to figure out what their passions are and do some self-directed learning I think kids are much more capable than we give them credit for so I think just not focusing on purely on the academics all the time I think that's great advice, especially focusing on the well-being. I think sometimes in schools, parents get caught up with the, with academic. I know that my nine-year-old loves sport, but since we've been 
off he's just been doing a lot of art and creative and playing guitar because Fender have got this amazing like 12 weeks free, three months free to learn guitar. So Sally, if you want something to do, you can learn guitar in the next <laughs> three months as well, as well as teaching everyone. So thank yeah, you for that. Perfect, what a perfect opportunity for children to learn something new now that they yeah, might then, not, you know, have tried before and discover something new, the talent that they might have. Also, as a parent, it's been really interesting seeing how he's actually grown up a little bit too by having to self-manage him, to have to manage himself as well because he sees that I'm busy. I'm working, Dad's working, we're managing a two-year-old, we're managing his time as well. We're trying to even get him some socialising, which is online, which is not great at the moment or on the phone. However, it's what you have to do. Um, Listen, the other thing is, I want. do you have any tips on routines for teachers with homeschooling, things that have worked and not worked? I mean, you've been doing homeschooling probably longer in Italy than some of the other countries. Yeah, it's been a while now for us. <laughs> Thank goodness. Look, it was a minefield for all of us. The first week, oh, yeah, our heads were all over the place. What's the right thing to do? What's the not the right thing? How much screen time? How much off screen? You know, and trying to please parents as well. Everyone has a different take on this. Some parents say you're giving too much work, you're not giving enough. And at the end of the day, you just can't please everybody. So it really was trial and error. And I think every year group is different as well. I think for me, what I do is I set um, pretty much the same routine every day. I use Google Docs and I have, you know, the set literacy maths and I do sustainability, creativity. I do mindfulness. I start off with mindfulness every morning with the kids. Um, I also Zoom meet with the whole class and I do that twice a week as a whole class on a Monday and a Friday. And that's for us is a, a fun time. We, you know, put on a silly hat or some glasses. We always sing a song because uh, we do a happy song every day. I change that song every week. So we sing that and we do our gratitudes. Um, I do daily posts uh, to the children each morning. I always make sure that I put a couple of jokes in there. Uh, throughout the week, I do small group meets. Um, and I'd say with with that, with meeting the kids, it's keeping the times the same all the time because this is quite a stressful yeah. time for them and their parents trying to keep track of, well, when are you checking in with your teacher? When's the whole class? When's your small group meet? So keeping those times uh, consistent. And another thing I started was actually I partnered the kids up in the class and I let them choose their own partners and the time they wanted to meet. And then they basically check in with each other each day on uh, Google Meets and they go through all the work that I set and then they decide which work they want to do together or which work they want to do on their own. And that's that's made a massive difference actually because getting some of these children out of bed was difficult. So actually having that time to meet has really helped. Really? Um, yeah, that's, it's, yeah, it's been really good actually. And it forces them to, to work together and work collaboratively. Um, I do post wellbeing activities as well each day and our school's great at the beginning of each week. They also post um, off-screen activities which include wellbeing activities um, and getting the kids as well to focus on positive aspects of COVID. I mean, we've done a little bit, we're doing sustainability at the moment. So we've done a bit on the environment, like you were talking about the waterways and pollution and how the world has benefited how the environment really has benefited from all of this. And I think for teachers, you know, sticking to timetables, scheduling, we're all struggling, but having routines, I think, for children is really, really important. 
I think for parents it's important to have routines as well because we all know where we are, to be honest, which yeah. is always <laughs> a good thing. But, look, I love the idea of partnering up and making the two ch- the children, the students, um, you know, they're more, so they're t- like time management. It's more like a university kind of setup or a secondary school setup where they're actually doing their own time management but in a primary age, so making them more accountable for their work, which is actually amazing. That's good. And then... <laughs> I was really surprised at the kids that I thought would do really well with homeschool learning and I, those that I thought would struggle. And actually, it's been the other way around. It's really? really yeah. My kids that struggle in class academically are the ones that have actually really quite embraced this um, homeschool learning and are on time and turn up for meetings. And uh, the more able, some of the more able ones are the ones that struggle. Yeah, so it's really, really interesting to see how they work out their self-management skills. That's interesting. So they've got the structure of the classroom, the comfort and the support, whereas the others, they don't, they're finding it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I suppose everyone's different. Yeah, I think we're all finding it a little bit different at the moment, um, especially because a lot of teachers are not traditionally, you didn't sign up to be virtual learners. Oh, you know, no. to be <laughs> Sorry, not virtual learners. You, you signed up to be in front of a class. And, you know, I know that um, my son's teacher, for example, she looked quite sad. She was in her classroom and she was doing a, um, a video for the children and it was quite, she said she's quite sad. She goes, it's very quiet, which is nice. And I'm not telling anyone to pick up pens or do anything. However, I do miss my class. And she just looks, it just, she did look like she really missed the children, to be honest. And that connection, like the connection. Yeah. And I, the one thing I love about teaching is that every single day is different. You walk in in the morning, the conversations are different. <laughs> like you've got 20 you know, odd personalities going on in the class, you have a bit of a joke, a laugh. And, but when you're doing this virtual learning, it's all because it is so structured and it is so set that you just don't have that banter, that fun that you'd normally have in a, gla- in a class, you know, those conversations as well. I mean, even when we do our class meets, um, you know, we have to all mute our microphones to start and only one person can talk at a time. So, yeah, that connection between people is, is really, really important. Yeah, but I bet it's nice having that classroom. I mean, you know, you could do a fancy dress party, I suppose, or something like that, and you could all dress up as a different superhero or anything like that. I don't know. You could do lots of things. Oh, yeah, we've got different themes. Some, one day we had a crazy hair day, hats, glasses, <laughs> masks. One parent was so sweet. It was their child's birthday, so she texted me to see if she could bring a birthday cake in at the last minute. It was funny because he was pushing his mother out of the screen, and I'm going, "No, it's okay. Let your mother in." <laughs> she had <a> <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. Probably embarrassed. Uh, listen, Sally, this is actually on another note. I want to know how it is in lockdown in Italy. So I was going to ask you, as an expat teacher living in one of the hardest hit countries at the moment, I'm sure we're all going to go through the same thing with lockdown rules. Can you let us know how you're able to fill your time? Filling time is not difficult, actually. Um, (laughs) This virtual learning takes up much more time than face-to-face teaching. So I'm finding I'm working actually much longer hours and having to actually now set myself a stricter routine and timetable so I can check out at a certain time. Um, for me personally, I, you know, I try to do yoga each day as well to have a break. And now I have to run the stairs in my apartment because we're not, not allowed out really, unless we go to the supermarket, but I do pretend I'm going to the supermarket quite a lot. Um, and for me, you know, I'm working on the charity, reading things that I haven't done in a while. Um, but I mean, 
I'm in Florence and it's certainly not as bad as what I'm hearing from other people. I try to keep off the media. Um, you know, I hear all these stories about Italy and it's certainly not what's being portrayed through the media. It's very peaceful here. Our supermarket shelves have always been very well stocked. We've never run out of any. Um, and everyone's very well behaved. So very different to what's being seen elsewhere, I think. Not like the toilet paper rush in the UK and the US no. and the UK and Australia. <laughs> Actually, there's something really funny. All the parents and teachers are doing a loo roll challenge and all the t kids are throwing loo roll to each other and it's videos that are going viral here. Oh, that's it's such a joke. But um, there's another thing. I, there's a man here called Captain Tom Moore who's done 100 laps of his backyard. Have you seen this? And he's raised... Oh, he's, I think I he's about... Morning, he's raised something like 17 million, isn't it? Now, yeah, so what an amazing man! He's a um, I think he's, he's must be 99, he's, he's very he's quite elderly, he's senior. So, what an amazing man! He's raised, and he thinks 17 million, I think that's absolutely amazing. But oh, listen, it wasn't, wasn't his target 1,000, 1,000 pounds? I know, and 17 million. I mean, what an amazing! I, I think he's probably just it would blow his mind that amount of money. Actually, that's a great thing for me to do with my kids this week. There you go. That's another positive aspect. Yeah, they I could think. look at all the, the positives of what's been happening around the world because they've got access to research. And... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, I suppose, you know, as a human being, not as a teacher or anything, but what's the one thing you miss about lockdown? Oh, my freedom. You realise how many things you actually take for granted. And, and for me, I'm an avid backpacker and I go away every single holiday. So actually not being able to go away this Easter was, yeah, that was tough for me actually. But now, of course, in my head is the thoughts, what happens if I can't get away for the summer? <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. Yeah, so for me, I found that really challenging. Have you seen all those virtual tours that you can do? I mean, I know it's not the same. Not the same. But a... <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the smell, no, the touch, the feel, the seat. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I completely agree. You've got very itchy feet. Yes. All right, Sally, what are the top five things you have for keeping sane in lockdown for parents, teachers and for kids, for everyone? Um, have fun. You know, don't look at the positives because if you don't laugh I don't know a world without laughter is quite sad really so try to have as much fun as you can laugh exercise of course I think um, you know work on your mental well-being be kind and a wise friend actually said to me about 13 years ago when I felt like things were getting on top of me she said be thankful you're not a child soldier and you know what? I've never yeah. forgotten that. And I think of that all the time. Whenever I'm in a bad situation, I go, right, I'm not a child so soldier. And there is always someone worse off than you. And you need to be thankful for the things that you have and the people that are in your life. And hopefully, you know, this will make people connect more as well. Maybe people that you haven't heard from or seen in a long time. Maybe those connections will happen again. That's true. There's sort of a check-in culture at the moment. I know that my husband and I probably have had more social um, this sounds really sad. Zoom calls with people yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen because we were living as expats for so many years that we haven't really made time for in the past because we've all been so busy with our schedules. But we're all sort of on lockdown, so we can do breakfast while they do lunch, or we've you know been just checking in as couples, which has actually been very nice as well, to be honest. Yeah, so, yeah. a lot of people are doing that, aren't they? 
Yeah, listen, I've got something for you. Have you ever tried, you know how you're running up and down your stairs? Have you tried to do mm-hmm. 10,000 steps a day? <laughs> mm, no, should I measure that actually? Zane, I work, I counted, it was like 140 steps. So that actually, then I'd have to go, that'd be like 100 times, wouldn't it, nearly? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd get very fast at it. You'd have, you know, yeah. nice those guys would be looking good. That's exactly right. Sally, let's move on. Let's talk about Gecko on the Move. Um, let's have a chat. Let's say, what was your latest project for Get on the Move? I know we're on lockdown now, but what's something that you've we've just been what you've just been done this you've just finished this year? Uh, January was Tanzania, so we go to to Tanzania every January and try to spend a month there. Um, we basically go back to the same school. There's a school there called Bandari Project, actually set up by an Australian and Tanzanian, and we've been working with them for three years now. So we go back there. Every January, retrain teachers, uh, because obviously there's always new teachers, um, work with the kids, do some modelling of maths and then some mentoring. So that was January. I mean, and we've got to think about when we were talking, I was talking about child soldiers as well. You know, I heard that Bandari schools just closed as well a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago. And, you know, we think we've got it tough, but now these kids, these kids come from the poorest of poorest backgrounds. That's how they're chosen for the school. And... The only meal they were getting was at school, so this is a problem now. Not only are they not getting an education, but now they're also not getting fed. Um, and next project, well, we're supposed to be going to Nepal, actually, to start a new project there with a school there just outside Kathmandu in August, but I suppose we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And my other idea was to start working with the refugees here in Florence, which I've started to make some connections um, with the refugee children that are here teaching maths and getting some of our old kids from our secondary school, helping with that as well, being mentors and teachers to younger children, teaching maths using manipulatives. So a couple more things in the pipeline, but we just have to wait and see what happens with lockdown. That sounds amazing. Having Having the older children as mentors as well, because they would be able to share so much knowledge with the refugees as well, with the refugee children. And I'm um, sure they're much better than mine. <laughs> Listen, from uh, for our listeners, how can people join in or even support Gecko on the Move? Look, we're always looking for teacher volunteers. So if anyone ever wants to come and volunteer with us in January in Tanzania, you are more than welcome. Also, you know, we hope that the Nepal project will probably be July, August each year. So that's another opportunity. Of course, if you're in in Florence, you can get involved that way as well. So I have had some people asking if they're a teacher volunteer, can they bring their husband or their partner as well, even though if they're not a teacher? And the answer is yes, especially with Bandari School. There is so much more that can be done out there besides the teaching the maths. So the teachers could do the maths and the partners could work um, in the greenhouses, you know, on the farm, helping with the cooking, building work, maintenance. So, yes, we're, we're open to have anybody join us. That's fantastic. Sally, how can people contact you? How can people get in contact or even have a look at Gecko? Uh, probably the best is our website, which is geckoonthemove.org. On Facebook is also geckoonthemove.org and on Twitter. It's probably the best way to follow us and keep in contact. Thank you to Sally for chatting with us today. She shared great advice on how we're all going to get through the next few months of home learning. We loved to hear about Sally's strategies on how she tackled home learning 
partnering up students to check in on each other, giving the students ownership of their learning and making them accountable. Also, it was interesting to hear the students that are excelling with this approach didn't necessarily excel in the classroom. My name is Heather Welch from EDX Education. Let's all stay safe and enjoy home learning with our little ones. Happy homeschooling!